We'd like to welcome you to the final edition of The Jazz Show for the merry month of uh, August. And certainly it's nice that uh, summer has uh, popped back for a little while. And, of course, uh, the weather is quite delightful, despite the haze in the sky. It's still pretty, uh, very pleasant, and shall continue that way. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show on regular feature on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we're here for three hours with some of the very best in jazz music. And as our new policy, has, uh, which began at the uh, beginning of August, we are beginning the show with the jazz feature. Rather than frustrate you, if you can't stay up past 11 o'clock and listen to the jazz feature and hear me, uh, hear me talk about it, I'll talk about it right now and we'll hear it right now because that's what we do on the show. The jazz feature will always be first from now on. And tonight is a very special jazz feature. It's a pianist who I, I've always loved. I've always loved his playing, and, and he's one of those musicians who has kind of been lost in the history of jazz and, and, and overlooked. Um, in his day, he was a, a very um, busy musician, and he was very much at the forefront, but uh, gradually kind of um, faded from the scene, and uh, unfortunately uh, died quite young. But I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. Uh, Bobby Timmons is who I'm talking about. And Bobby Timmons uh, was from a Philadelphia family, a musical family. He was born December 19th, 1935, in Philadelphia. And uh, he was the son of a minister. As a matter of fact, his granddad was a minister, and his father was a minister uh, in the church. And Bobby learned how to, got his first uh, lessons, playing piano uh, in, in, in the church and playing the organ as well. So he got, he got into the keyboard very early. And uh, by the time he, um, he hadn't, even graduated from high school yet, but he had his own working trio, and he was beginning to work in some of the clubs in Philadelphia, playing jazz and playing with a band that consisted of bassist Spanky DeBrest, James DeBrest, wonderful bass player, and Albert Tootie Heath, who was one of his best friends. And that little trio went on and played, and uh, after high school, Bobby got a scholarship to uh, attend uh, um, a prestigious musical college. He finished that and headed for New York City in 1954, paid his dues there for a couple of years, and then began working with such people as Kenny Dorham, the great trumpeter, and Sonny Stitt, and and various other people. He made his first uh, recorded appearance at 19 with Kenny Dorham on a very famous uh, album with Kenny Dorham's band called uh, Kenny Dorham and the Jazz Prophets. And Timmons, of course, uh, began to be um, make all kinds of sideman appearances as well on Blue Note Records and, and so on. But it wasn't until he joined Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers in 1958 that he 
really was catapulted to musical success. And he was with Art Blakey for a couple of years, 58 and 59. Then he was um, offered a job in Cannonball Adderley's new quintet. And that's when his composing talents uh, began. They actually began with Art Blakey. He wrote one of the great um, musical masterpieces that Art Blakey played right up until his dying day, and that's a tune called Monin. And uh, words were put together uh, for that tune by John Hendricks. So that was a huge hit for Art Blakey. Then when Bobby moved to Cannonball's band, he wrote two great hits for Cannonball Adderley. One was This Here, and the other one was Dat There. Two great, uh, very catchy, gospel-flavored tunes. Uh, and Dat There, uh, again, had uh, lyrics put to the tune by the great Oscar Brown Jr., so Bobby Timmons had a couple of hits on his hand, hands, and um, he was with Cannonball only for about six months and decided that he felt a little more comfortable with Art Blakey's band, and he went back to, to Blakey and stayed with Art until 1961, late in 1961, and uh, then broke loose and formed his own trio and began working gigs around New York City and elsewhere, traveling across the country with his own trio. And, of course, recording for Riverside Records and then later on for Prestige Records. So Bobby Timmons had a really great career. His piano style really didn't evolve that much in the 60s. It kind of stayed in one place. Maybe that's why he's a little bit overlooked. He was, he, um, but he had a, such a distinctive piano style. And, of course, he could get down and play some real dirty kind of bluesy gospel stuff. Uh, but he was also a Bud Powell-style pianist as well. He could play swift, um, mean, fast up-tempos. But there was always a beautiful dancing quality to his playing. So Bobby was something else. Unfortunately, part of Bobby's uh, life was the old bugaboo. Drugs, heroin that is, and in Bobby's case, alcohol, even worse. And Bobby died in 1974, kind of a faded uh, out personality. He hadn't recorded in several years or, or gigged very much. Uh, he was only 38 years old. And uh, sad to say, we lost uh, a wonderful uh, musician. He was very, very well liked by everyone. Bobby was a very humorous um, and funny man, always, always fast with a, with a quip, and um, everybody loved Bobby Timmons. And it was uh, so sad that uh, this was sort of the, the dark side of Bobby Timmons. We pick up uh, for the jazz feature album Bobby Timmons in the mid-60s. And this is quite a different album. Uh, the album is called The Soul Man. He was kind of typecast as this bluesy, gospel, kind of soulful guy. Um, yes, that was part of his personality, and they, and they put the, the title on this album. But uh, I don't think the music really reflects that gospel, bluesy stuff. This is more straight-ahead jazz. And Bobby proves himself uh, on this as a, as a composer of a, of a couple of pieces on here. The band that he has picked is wonderful, and, and the only person that has departed is Bobby Timmons. 
I'm happy to say that everyone else is alive, and there's one person on this album who's celebrating his 81st birthday today, and that is tenor saxophonist Wayne Shorter. He is a big part of this album. Uh, He also contributed a great composition as well, as we'll hear. On bass is Ron Carter, and on drums is the great Jimmy Cobb. So Shorter, Carter, and Cobb are still very much alive, uh, they're elderly or or elder statesmen of, of jazz, but they are performing and still playing beautiful music. So that's quite wonderful. This album uh, was recorded for Prestige January 20th, 1966, and it's called The Soul Man. The first tune is um, Bobby wrote some protest uh, music, usually in the titles. Uh, he wrote a tune earlier in his career called... Um, so tired, which was really meaning uh, so tired of, of all the race prejudice and stuff. Um, the first title of this tune is called Cut Me Loose, Charlie. Charlie was uh, um, what a lot of uh, black folks at the time uh, called the white man, not necessarily the friendly white man, the enemy white man, and called him Charlie, Mr. Charlie. So that's that's why that title came about. So the first tune is called Cut Me Loose, Charlie. It's written by Bobby Timmons. The second tune is an affectionate tribute to Bobby, written by Wayne Shorter. And Bobby, as I said, was a, a little wiry man, and uh, Wayne Shorter um, affectionately called him Tom Thumb and wrote uh, the second composition in honor of Bobby Timmons, and the tune is called Tom Thumb my favorite track of the whole album. Then we go to a Ron Carter composition called Einbahnstrasse, which, of course, is, is German for one-way street, Ron Carter. Uh, kind of an interesting composition. Got a little bit of a twist to it. Uh, then another composition by Bobby Timmons called Damned If I Know. And then um, a lovely Ron Carter waltz called... Tenash, which is Janet, spelt backwards. There you go. And the final tune is another pretty piece by Ron Carter called Little Waltz. So uh, Carter actually contributes three compositions to this album, Bobby Two and Wayne Shorter One. So we get to the music right away. This is the album. It was issued initially on Prestige Records called The Soul Man. Once again, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone. Ron Carter on bass, Jimmy Cobb on drums, and the fabulous Bobby Timmons at the piano. Our jazz feature tonight, sit back and enjoy this wonderful album. It's not a groundbreaker, and it's not um, uh, anything like that, but it's beautiful, straight-ahead, marvelous, wonderful, modern jazz. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
Our jazz feature this evening, the music provided by a special quartet led by pianist Bobby Timmons. And uh, as I mentioned before, he's the only one who is uh, no longer with us. And uh, Bobby died in 1974. He was only 38 years old. Wonderful pianist. And uh, this is kind of an overlooked album. Um, The cover is quite incredible. It's, it's a picture of, uh, of Bobby on it, and of course, and the, and the words in big red letters, the soul man. And uh, of course, um, Bobby was uh, kind of typecast. Uh, and uh, he, um, this album really isn't uh, about uh, heavily flavored kind of uh, gospel type jazz and so on that uh, uh, Timmons was so often typecast with. Although that was a legitimate part of his uh, um, of his style, this one was a little different, and it featured uh, the great Wayne Shorter, who celebrated today, August twenty fifth, his eighty first birthday. Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, the the uh, the horn voice on this album, and uh, Ron Carter on bass, of course, who is uh, still with us and performing, recording, playing all sorts of gigs and concerts, etc. And the great Jimmy Cobb on drums, who is about 84 years old, and uh, he is still performing all the time. So it's nice that Shorter, Carter, and Cobb are uh, still very much with us. This album was issued on uh, Prestige Records, and uh, as I said, it doesn't really reflect uh, that side of Bobby Timmons, um, the, the, the kind of gospel, funky side that he was associated with, because he wrote so many distinctive compositions in that style. This album, as I said, was a little different, and I certainly hope you enjoyed it. It certainly wasn't uh, what I would call a revolutionary album or, or a groundbreaking album, but it was just good, solid, uh, modern jazz and uh, with a great uh, group of musicians. 
the first tune was written by Bobby Timmons, and it was uh, kind of a little bit of a protest piece, at least by the title. It's called Cut Me Loose, Charlie. And Charlie, of course, referring to the uh, um, white people who are not friendly toward blacks. And Mr. Charlie, that's what the black folks used to call him. So Cut Me Loose, Charlie. And the second tune was Wayne Shorter's affectionate tribute. It's my favorite track on the album, uh, his affectionate tribute to Bobby Timmons. And the tune is called Tom Thumb. As I mentioned before, Bobby Timmons was a small, wiry man who was very, very funny and a delightful person to be around. And uh, he, he certainly didn't always show his... Uh, his dark side, uh, which, of course, uh, the reason for his demise was uh, alcohol and drugs. But uh, Bobby Timmons really didn't reflect that in his uh, overall personality. Uh, tune number three was called Einbahnstrasse. And, of course, in German, that's one-way street. And that was written by Ron Carter. And then uh, the next tune uh, was an up-tempo thing by Bobby Timmons called Damned If I Know. And... The tune number five and six are, were both waltzes, and they were both written by Ron Carter. Tune number five was called uh, Tenage, which is Janet spelled backwards. And uh, the final tune is a very beautiful thing by Mr. Carter called Little Waltz. So this then was the jazz feature, and I certainly hope you enjoyed it and um, found some pleasure in this uh, rather uh, rare album that came out on Prestige Records, The Soul Man, Bobby Timmons. Mr. Timmons won't be a stranger on uh, the jazz show, I'll tell you. So we just like to tell you that you are listening to the jazz show on CITR and also on your computer, which is www.citr.com. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back after uh, a couple of brief messages. This being the first one. A billion dollars on the ground, all stretched out and uncurled, would extend about four times around the circumference of the world. Become a friend of CITR and get great discounts in the West End at Australian Boot Company, Banyan Books and Sound, Baru Latino Restaurante, The Bike Kitchen, Cove, Dentry's Pub, Displace Hatchery, Limelight, The Eatery, Fresh is Best Salsa, Gargoyles, Prussian Music, Rufus's Guitar Shop, and the UBC Bookstore. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or online at citr.ca. For the very best in bluegrass music, plus classic country, Cajun, rockabilly, western swing, and whatever jumps off the shelves at us, tune in every Tuesday morning at 6.30 for Pacific Pickin' with your host, Arthur Berman. And I'm Andrea. The lovely Andrea, who will also provide you with our concert calendar and every bit of news and information you can possibly need. And as if that wasn't enough... There's a warm-up show at 6, featuring a little bit of a wider variety of roots and branches of bluegrass music. So tune in each morning, 6 for the warm-up show, 6.30 for the main show, Pacific Pickin' on CITR 101.9 in Vancouver.
Yeah, that's one uh, for those of you uh, who get up early in the morning. There you go, Pacific Picking. All right, the music of Paul Horn. Paul Horn uh, passed away just recently. Uh, he was 84 years old. Um, he has uh, a great Canadian profile. He chose to live uh, uh, part-time in Vancouver and also in Victoria. And, of course, uh, he, um, for the last 10 years of his life, maybe a little more than that, he was married to um, one of the great uh, stars of, um, well, the singing world, the musical world, and so on, and Mortify. And uh, Mr. Horn, of course, uh, distinguished himself in the early part of his career. Um, he was a, a studio musician in, in Los Angeles, but also a very, very fine and creative jazz musician. And he's one of those people I got to, to, to meet and, and uh, spend a fair amount of time with, with Paul Horn when he lived in, in Vancouver. But I unfortunately um, neglected, with the exception of one album, which I did feature um, a few months ago on The Jazz Show. Um, it's an album called The Jazz Suite and Mass Texts, and uh, it featured Paul with a large group, uh, with his quintet uh, augmented by a large group. I find this to be a very, very stimulating album. I may do it again sometime. But there were a lot of other albums out there by Paul Horn that I, I kind of um, overlooked, uh, I didn't bother with at the time. And, of course, uh, I've come to uh, recognize that some of his uh, early albums, this was long before he moved to Canada and Vancouver when he was still located in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, he was recording for Columbia Records. And I used to see these albums on the shelves, and I kind of, you know, I was looking for other stuff. And uh, Paul Horn didn't particularly interest me. And I, um, it's one of those things where I've gone back, um, found the album, and said, gee, this is actually great stuff. And I didn't pay much attention to it at the time. So I'm going to play you a couple of tracks from an album that I did overlook. And um, I'm very happy to, uh, to have. I know this album has, uh, as far as I know, has never been issued on CD. And it's called The Profile of a Jazz Musician. And it features his working quintet of the time. It was recorded in L.A. in August of 1962. And it features Paul on flute on the first piece and on alto saxophone on the second piece. And we're going to play two compositions by Mr. Horn uh, with his working band of the time, which featured the great Emil Richards on vibes, uh, Paul Moore on piano, um, Victor Gaskin on bass, and an old friend of mine, a uh, wonderful drummer who um, I befriended when he came to Vancouver when, uh, with Phineas Newborn, a gentleman named Milt Turner. And Milt went on to play with Ray Charles for a number of years, but a very, very fine drummer. And he's on here. So we're going to hear two tunes. The first tune is called Now Hear This, and the second tune is an extended composition by Paul Horn uh, that features uh, the band and him on alto saxophone, and it's called Abstraction. Both very attractive pieces of music and a tribute to the late, great Paul Horn. First of all, now hear this, with Mr. Horn on flute. Mm -hmm. 
the music of Paul Horn from uh, a rare album on Columbia that uh, has never been issued on CD called The Profile of a Jazz Musician. And it featured Paul's working quartet of the time. This was long before Paul emigrated to uh, Canada, to Vancouver and Victoria, and and performed um, around here. This was done in the 60s, as a matter of fact, August of 1962, with his uh, working quintet. And we heard Paul, first of all, on flute, and on the second tune, the extended tune, on uh, alto saxophone with his band, including the great Emil Richards on vibes, Paul Moore on piano, Victor Gaskin on bass, and Milton Turner on drums. And two Paul Horn compositions. The first one was entitled Now Hear This, and the second one was called Abstraction. Paul Horn, a small tribute to this uh, great musician who, uh, who passed away. Um, a few weeks ago here in Vancouver, he was 84 years old, Paul Horn. All right, we're going to continue with another birthday celebration. Um, I mentioned on the jazz feature that we heard right at the very beginning of the show that uh, Wayne Shorter today, August 25th, he was born in Newark, New Jersey. He was celebrated his 81st birthday today. Now, there's another great gentleman of jazz, as Symphony Sid used to say, um, that was born today in 1944 in Philadelphia, one of the great guitarists in jazz who was still very much active. I'm talking about Pat Martino. He's a guitarist who has worked with all kinds of people, including my good friend John Handy. Uh, Pat, of course, has become uh, um, was an amazing musician. Uh, who uh, several years ago suffered a brain aneurysm. And um, after a a period of recovery, had to learn the guitar all over again. Um, And, of course, uh, the synapses kicked in, and and it didn't take him long when he was was very soon... Uh, back on track and 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 recording again, but uh, a traumatic incident uh, that happened. And uh, Pat, of course, is, uh, has always been a, um, a a musician and and uh, a person who's always uh, led a very healthy lifestyle too. But these things can happen; they can come out of the blue. And it was basically a, a, a paralyzing stroke uh, caused by a brain aneurysm. And and uh, then when he recovered from that, he picked up the guitar again, but he had no idea how to play it. And, and it, it took him a while, and, and eventually he was able to, oh, yes, okay, and, and, and it all came back to him. And, of course, Pat is still performing today. And today is his birthday. So uh, we're going to go back to an album that he did in 1967. This is a track that features Pat Martino on guitar, the great Late Joe Farrell, one of my favorites, on tenor saxophone. Cedar Walton on piano. Ben Tucker on bass. Walter Perkins on drums. And another beautiful tune that uh, I've always uh, enjoyed. I've always enjoyed playing, too. It's a great tune uh, written by Gigi Grice. And the tune is called Minority. So here, then, a small birthday tribute to the great Pat Martino. Thank you. 
A small tribute to uh, one of the great guitarists who is uh, still very much with us, Pat Martino, celebrating his birthday today. He was born in Philadelphia on this day in 1944, and this is from a 1967 album uh, that came out on Prestige Records called Strings, and it featured uh, some uh, smoking tenor saxophone by the great late Joe Farrell, uh, Cedar Walton on piano, Ben Tucker on bass, Walter Perkins on drums, and... Mr. Martino on guitar, and that uh, tune that they played was Gigi Grice's great composition called Minority. Pat Martino, happy birthday. We're going to, after this, we're going to do a little bit of a change of pace in the show. I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your Computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we shall return with some very different stuff right after these messages. The first being this one. Well, it was a really nice day. There was kind of a, a, an upper haze in the sky, and I, uh, that um, will probably come back later on in the week. But uh, tonight is partly cloudy with a low of 14. Then tomorrow, uh, there may be that haze there, but it's, uh, they're calling for a mix of sun and cloud, but a very pleasant day with a low of 17, or a low of 14, and a high is between 24 and 28. So that's really nice. And Wednesday... Just plain old sunny, so uh, maybe we can hope for a clear sky on Wednesday with a low 14, high of 27. Thursday is again a mix of sun and cloud, as is Friday, with lows between 13 and uh, from between and highs between 21 and 23. Then on Saturday and Sunday, getting into the long weekend. Well, they're saying cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower for Saturday and Sunday with a low of 14 and a high of 21. So there you have it. That's uh, maybe a bit of a downturn for, uh, for the long weekend. But we'll have to see. Sometimes things quickly change uh, with the weather patterns here in Vancouver. Ah, yes, the weather. Always a, a topic of, uh, of discussion. All right, and of course, uh, well, a lot of people are going to be reading this. Want to know what's up at UBC? Read the UBC. It's only the largest student newspaper in Western Canada, and it's written and edited entirely by UBC students. The UBC is your source for on-campus news, culture, and sports. New editions come out every Monday and Thursday. For breaking news as well as amazing videos and blogs, check out ubc.ca. There was a gentleman 
who was uh, a favorite of uh, jazz musicians. The guy was an excellent musician. He could play uh, about seven or eight different instruments, and he sang. He was an entertainer, but he was always welcome on the jazz scene because he essentially had that whole jazz feel. And he dealt in nonsense, not satire, nothing like that, strictly nonsense. This is what he did. And, of course, um, he was a favorite at, at a lot of jazz clubs because uh, especially um, clubs that featured modern jazz. And uh, he was always kind of a, a great antidote between sets. So a very serious set would be played, say, by Miles Davis's band. And then Slim Gaylard would come on, uh, usually just with his guitar or with a bass player, and, uh, and do a whole bunch of nonsense vocals and, and kind of uh, leaven the mood and yet still entertain the crowd and uh, have them buying drinks and keep the atmosphere going. And it was always a pleasant contrast. And, and all the musicians really enjoyed it because it, it, it provided a, a balance between the seriousness of, say, uh, a group like Miles Davis or Charles Mingus or, or Max Roach or Thelonious Monk uh, and uh, with Slim Gaylard in there to, to sort of do the intermission entertainment, it was, uh, it was always welcome, not only by the musicians, but by the audience as well. We're going to hear three tunes by, by Slim with a variety of musicians, and, and these are all silly nonsense tunes. These are all the kind of things he would, he would do. His real name was Boulee, B-U-L-E-E, um, Bully Gaylord, and uh, he had a very, very interesting, uh, long-standing musical career. I remember meeting him in Seattle. He lived in Seattle for a number of years, and he was always welcome at the jazz festivals and in the clubs, and sometimes he would just show up and, uh, and entertain and, and didn't expect any payment. He, he just enjoyed entertaining people with all his crazy nonsense songs. He wrote a couple of hits as well, and uh, was uh, one of those uh, very, very interesting characters um, that, that come along in jazz. So we're going to hear three tunes by Mr. Gaylord, by, by Slim. The first one is called A Serenade to a Poodle. <laughs> they, the second tune that we're going to hear um, is a tune called and, and it's total nonsense. It's called Yip Rock Harassi. There you go. Um, that's the next tune. And the final tune is uh, another one of his crazy compositions called simply Laughing in Rhythm. So here then is the wonderful world of Slim Gaylard, beginning with Serenade to a Poodle. Chip 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 chip, come on. Chip 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 chip, come on. Chip 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 chip, come on. Serenade to a poodle. Chip 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 chip, come on. Chip 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 chip, come on. Chip 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 chip. Come on, serenade to a poodle. Hamburger, cheeseburger, hamburger, bone burger. Chip, 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 chip. 
chip 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 come on chip 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 come on chip 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 come on Masare ba orune yafra Harise kibiseni ekibiba Allah hamisha makbate yafra Harise Allah hamisha budi Allah hamisha rini Allah hamisha budi Allah hamina budi Kibiseni ekibida and lahamisha magvante yebrak harise lahamisha we chili and tomato sauce vante harise kibiseni ekibida and lahamisha magbuti yebrak harise laham laho magbuti mo kibiseni kibise vante kibise ruti kibise lamb and runi oh vuti laho vuti mo. Super booty mocha, a little spice so magvosi. Yeah, rock. 
The inimitable Slim Gaylord. He recorded tons of stuff. It's all he was always fun to listen to. And uh, as I said before, it's total nonsense, um, and and uh, just just fun goofing around, and and uh, that's the way he was. But if you heard a guitar, you heard a guitar on all of those tunes. That's Slim playing the guitar, and he's pretty slick on that instrument, and um, he's a good player. And uh, and the, of course, there's a different people on 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 different tunes, but. Uh, so we heard three. Uh, the first one was uh, Serenade to a Poodle. Uh, these are all created by Slim. 
the second tune, of course, was the famous uh, Yip Rock Heresy, um, <laughs> total nonsense words, and the final tune, of course, Laughing in Rhythm. Slim Gaylord, Bully Slim Gaylord, one of the great characters of jazz and a wonderful person and lots of fun to be around and just uh, loved by everybody. Slim Gaylord. Mm-hmm. All right. I've been playing a lot of Bud Powell on uh, the show. And uh, Bud, of course, was uh, the most important pianist um, to really come out of the uh, early modern jazz. Bud really um, set the style for so many people to copy. Now, Thelonious Monk was very inventive, yes, and he and Bud were very close. They, 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 as a matter of fact, Bud worshipped Monk and learned a lot of stuff from Monk as well, looked up to Monk. Uh, um, but um, Bud, of course, was uh, uh, classically trained and, and uh, uh, went through all of that, but he really established the style that became the standard for modern jazz piano. And, uh, of course, that was extended in the 60s by people that took Powell's style and moved it in, into uh, a, a different direction, people like Herbie Hancock and McCoy Tyner and so on and so forth. But it was Bud Powell who was um, as much a pioneer of modern jazz as Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, Max Roach, and Thelonious Monk, of course. And Bud had... Um, one of the reasons I've been playing Bud is that I finished this rather harrowing biography of uh, Bud written by uh, uh, Peter Pullman, and the, the book is called Whale, and uh, it's really, really quite a read, and um, at times very upsetting because Bud Powell had an extremely um, unhappy life and yet was, uh, produced this uh, so much great music. Later on in his career, because of the medication that he was taking and, and different aspects and a decline in health, um, some of the fire from the, his early recordings um, was missing. But the inventiveness and the authority with which he played was never lacking uh, in Bud Powell's um, way. And this was recorded at a concert uh, in Essen in, West, in what was then West Germany, the 2nd of April, 1960, with a group that Bud was involved with called the Three Bosses. And Oscar Pettiford, one of the, uh, he passed away not long after, after this recording, sad to say. Uh, Oscar Pettiford was along with um, perhaps uh, Ray Brown and Charles Mingus, Oscar Pettiford was, um, and some people say Oscar Pettiford was the greatest modern jazz bassist. I'll let you decide when you hear him. Oscar Pettiford is on bass here, and he had become an expatriate. Uh, and Kenny Clark on drums, who had also moved to uh, um, Europe as well. And Kenny Clark was one of the pioneers of modern jazz. So we have... Three people here, Bud Powell on piano, Oscar Pettiford on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. And we're going to hear a bunch of tunes uh, from this concert, which took place, as I said, in Essen, West Germany, in 19, 2nd of April of 1960. 
And um, I do believe Oscar Pettiford uh, makes a couple of announcements on here as well and introduces the tunes. So we begin with uh, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie composition called Shawnuff. Then we move to an Oscar Pettiford composition called Blues in the Closet, sometimes known as Collard Greens and Black Eyed Peas. And then the ballad of the set is Willow Weep for Me. And then a great Bud Powell composition called John's Abbey. And finally, a wonderful version of uh, Dizzy Gillespie's composition, Salt Peanuts. So here then, from the concert, Bud Powell, Oscar Pettiford, and Kenny Clark. Meine Damen und Herren, liebe Jazzfreunde, es gibt viele gute Jazzmusiker, aber es gibt nur wenige, die einen so wesentlichen Beitrag in der Jazzgeschichte geleistet haben, dass dieser Beitrag in allem, was nach ihnen gespielt wird, in der Jazzmusik spürbar bleibt. Man darf im Allgemeinen froh sein, wenn man in einem Jazzkonzert einen einzigen solchen stilbildenden Musiker vorstellen darf. Ich bin jetzt in der glücklichen Lage, Ihnen ein Trio ankündigen zu dürfen, dessen drei Musiker, jeder einzelne, einen wesentlichen, nach wie vor spürbaren Eingriff und Einfluss auf die Jazzgeschichte geübt hat, das Oscar Pettiford Trio. Das Oscar Pettiford Trio spielt zunächst ein Thema von Dizzy Gillespie, Show Nuff, und dann Oscar Pettifords bekannteste Komposition, einen Blues mit einem Titel, wie er eigentlich nur Oscar Pettiford einfallen kann. Man sagt das nicht so gerne an, aber das Stück heißt nun mal so Blues in the Closet. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, Duncan Shun. Uh, this time I'd like to give my version of Willow Weep for Me.
And now at this time, we'd like to play an original composition written by our favorite Bud Powell, John's Abbey. Now, we'd like to feature our drummer, Kenny Clark, 
one of Dizzy Gillespie's compositions, Salt Peanuts. <laughs> yes, Bud Powell, recorded at the Essen Jazz Festival, uh, April 2nd, 1960. And that featured, of course, the great um, Mr. Powell 
uh, with a, a, a group of musicians called the Three Bosses, which included the spokesperson and uh, uh, nominal leader of, of that group, of course, was the great bassist, the late Oscar Pettiford, who was the premier modern jazz bassist and um, definitely uh, one of the pioneers of modern jazz, as was the drummer, Kenny Clark, and both Oscar all of them uh, by that time had become uh, U.S. expatriates and uh, were living in Europe. Pettiford died uh, shortly after this uh, recording uh, from an accidental death, and, uh, and we lost one of the all-time great bass players. But uh, Kenny Clark uh, lived um, a good long life right, right to 1985, and of course Bud Powell passed away in 1966. But we heard Powell... Um, playing just beautifully. Uh, a, a lot of people, you know, have dismissed his later work as being, well, he's, he's not really the bud he used to be and this, this sort of thing. But um, <laughs> he was certainly all there for this concert and um, playing some marvelous piano. And the tunes, we heard the uh, German announcer, of course, uh, rattle on at the beginning. Uh, which was okay, I guess, but it, you know, at least it uh, it gave you a little bit of the atmosphere of the uh, of the place, uh, of the concert. Uh, the first tune we heard was uh, a Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Parker composition called "Shaw Enough," and um, the second tune was Oscar Pettiford's great blues tune called "The Blues in the Closet," sometimes known as "Collard Greens" and "Black Eyed Peas," and um, then. Oscar announced his uh, ballad feature, of course, was the great, uh, the very beautiful Willow Weep for Me. And then Oscar again announced uh, Bud Powell's uh, tune called John's Abbey. And uh, we ended with uh, the Dizzy Gillespie composition, one of his most uh, famous early compositions called Salt Peanuts. So we took you back. And uh, one of the pioneers of modern jazz. Three of the pioneers of modern jazz right there. Before we carry on, I'd just like to mention, um, as we usually do, you are listening, of course, to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9. And on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. And we're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz music. And we certainly hope you're enjoying the show. And our new policy, of course, is to present the jazz feature right at the beginning of the show. So those of you that have to get to bed uh, early can uh, partake and listen to the jazz feature, which has always been an important part of our show. Just like to mention a couple of websites. One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, and that's coastaljazz.ca. This, uh, that's a very comprehensive website. And the other website is VancouverJazz.com. I always encourage people to go on to that site because uh, Brian Nation, my old friend, keeps it up to date. And as I mentioned, this, there's so many gigs in and around Vancouver that uh, in different spots and at different nights and so on, it can get a little confusing. And so you want to go out on a Friday night and hear some jazz and there's nothing going on. Whereas on a Thursday night, there might have been two or three gigs and uh, you could have caught one of them. So 
when when Corey Weed's cellar was was open, there was you know one spot where where you could always go and and hear some good jazz. But uh, now it's kind of spread out all over the place, different times, different venues, different areas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's there is a lot going on, and Brian Nation keeps it up uh, on his site, so you can check out the gig calendar and, and and make your plans that way. So that's always a good website to go on to. That's VancouverJazz.com. And just one more thing, my friend Ken Speller, who is a instrument repairman, good good man to know if you play the saxophone or clarinet or uh, any reed instrument, the flute. And Ken, of course, um, is uh, located in North Vancouver at the uh, 13th and Lonsdale area. And uh, he does his work from his home, so he keeps his prices down. And he's a good man to, uh, to know, to keep your instrument in shape, whether you're pro, amateur, student, whatever. Uh, Speller will do you up very well because uh, he knows what he's doing. He's an excellent musician himself and he knows how clarinets and saxophones and flutes are built and can check them out very quickly and say this is what you need and this is what it'll cost you. And he's very fair. He has a phone number, 778-800-1933, 778-800-1933. Or uh, you can get onto the web, which is kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. kspeller, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. So there you go. Three good suggestions. Uh, two great websites, coastaljazz.ca, vancouverjazz.com. And um, if you play <laughs> a reed instrument and uh, it needs repair, Ken Speller. All right. Wayne Shorter, who we heard earlier on the jazz feature, uh, celebrated his 81st birthday today. I'd like to pay a little tribute to Mr. Shorter for uh, and play two tunes from an album that I've always enjoyed. It was one of those Blue Note albums that was not issued uh, at the time and it deserved to be because I think it's one of Wayne's finest albums. And it's uh, Mr. Shorter with an all-star quartet. And on piano, the unbelievable Herbie Hancock. On bass, Cecil McBee. And on drums, Joe Chambers. And of course, on tenor saxophone, Wayne Shorter. Two tunes we're going to hear. The first one was actually written by Gil Evans, and it's called Barracudas. And um, that's a very interesting composition. And the second tune, I think, is my favorite on the whole album, and it's written by Wayne Shorter, and it's called Indian Song. So here then, in honor of Wayne Shorter's 81st birthday, two wonderful compositions played by Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock, Cecil McBee, and Joe Chambers.
Wayne Shorter, our birthday tribute to this uh, great musician who today turned 81. And uh, this is from one of my uh, favorite Wayne Shorter albums called Etc. And it was one of those ones that wasn't uh, issued. Uh, it was recorded in 1965, but not issued until about 1980. And it uh, was one of those ones that uh, hung in the Blue Note vaults until the um, the Japanese actually uh, first issued it on LP. And uh, then it was, uh, of course, issued on, uh, on CD by um, Blue Note, domestically. And uh, we heard two uh, pieces of music with Wayne uh, on tenor saxophone, of course, Herbie Hancock on piano, Cecil McBee on bass, and Joe Chambers on drums. First one was written by Gil Evans, known by a couple of titles. Uh, it's known as Barracudas, also known as General Assembly, um, of a Gil Evans composition. And the second tune was the very hypnotic and fascinating Wayne Shorter composition called Indian Song. Some uh, great Wayne Shorter and happy birthday Mr. Shorter, may you uh, live a long time and come back to Vancouver with your band sometime, too. That would be very nice to, uh, to hear Wayne again. His concert here was still uh, a fascinating experience at the Vogue Theater a couple of years ago as part of the Jazz Festival. We're going to uh, close the evening with a little thing. Bobby Timmons was our jazz feature artist, and he wrote a couple of hit tunes, and this was one of them. It was actually written when Bobby was a member of Cannonball Adderley's band and was a hit for that band. And this is simply another version played by one of the finest organists in the world, the late, great Richard Groove Holmes. And uh, with him, Joe Pass on guitar, and Lawrence Marable on drums. And uh, this is Bobby Timmons' uh, wonderful tune called This Here.
one of the great exponents of the Hammond organ, Richard Groove Holmes, along with Joe Pass on guitar and Lawrence Marable on drums. And that was Bobby Timmons' great hit tune, This Here. And uh, that's it for the jazz show this evening. We'd like to thank you for being out there. We'll be back in seven days' time. And uh, just like to remind you that uh, you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, again, thank you so much for uh, your ears and uh, attention. And uh, we'll be back and do it all over again next week. And uh, we'll see you then. So take care and uh, don't touch the dial. There's more great stuff coming up almost immediately. See you later.